Hi, I'm Sam, and I'd like to welcome Jody Stevens, the drummer for Big Star, a band from the 70s. Hits by Big Star include 13, September Girls, The Ballad of El Gudo, In the Street, and many more. There were no hits, actually. Well, those are some of the songs I enjoy. <laughs> Good. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's all. Now, the, the, the anomaly about Big Star is that we released those three albums in the 70s, and uh, didn't really have a, much of an audience, just, you know, th- there were distribution problems and stuff. Mm. But uh, we had a guy named John King who got the records to, to some of the really iconic music writers here in the States and in the U.K., and, and I think even Australia in some places. And, and, uh, and because of those people writing about the band, we developed an audience over about... 17 or 18 years well after we had broken up and then uh and hence that's why we actually came about getting back together in 93 or at least alex and i did with uh john Hour and ken stringfellow so there you go hmm. yeah it's too bad uh there wasn't a huge audience for big star uh personally i'm a huge fan of number one record it's definitely one of my favorite albums ever i have it on vinyl not one of the originals those are really expensive but uh, a reprint <laughs> Well, the ones that uh, Kraft Recording did that Jeff Powell uh, cut, um, the more recent ones, uh, sound amazing. Yes, yes. It, the one I have definitely sounds great. <laughs> so how'd you join Big Star? I, uh, my brother and I uh, were part of the band that was, was on stage for the production of Hair, the Memphis State production of Hair. And it was the first college production. And that was in early 1970 and Andy Hummel came to that show and my brother Jimmy had played with Andy in a band and uh, so I knew Andy through that and he he asked if I wanted to come jam some and uh, with some friends and uh, you know Andy played bass played played bass and and so they didn't need a bass player they just needed a drummer so I went over and and uh, Chris was there it was at his uh, actually at his parents they had a little back house on the property, and Chris Bell was there, Steve Ray was there, I think, uh, Terry Manning was there, I think, uh, Tom Eubanks may have been there, but at the end of the day, it just pared down to Andy, Chris, and myself as a three-piece, and, and uh, we did some things with, with Tom Eubanks, and uh, then we did, you know, <clears throat> kind of pared down to a three-piece band, and, and that's when Alex Chilton came to see us because uh, he was moving back from New York, and, and uh, I think it was at Chris's, Chris and Andy's invitation. He came to see us and, and I guess liked what he saw. We were doing a lot of covers and James Gang stuff and Emmett Rhodes and that sort of thing, and um, liked what he saw. And, and so uh, he joined in, I guess, that December of 70. And when he joined, uh, you know, he and Chris came together with songs that they were developing themselves, and then they, I guess they wrote some together, and that's what became Big Star. And the name Big Star was inspired by the grocery store that was across the street from Ardent when we were on National here in Memphis. So have you always been at Ardent? I was, uh, let's see, Ardent, uh, March of 70, was when I was first introduced to John Fry, and, you know, Big Star came together. So March of 70 through um, early 75, I think, and, and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't an employee. I was, at at, at that point, I was, uh, became an, you know, an artist side of the label. But actually, you know, I did do day guy things, stuffed envelopes and that sort of thing. When uh, John King had album mail-outs to do, John Fry gave me 
a bit of a job during the day, kind of part-time. So, and then I, uh, I went back to college, and uh, my major was marketing. So when I graduated, I um, gave John Fry a call and actually asked uh, if it'd be all right if I used him as a reference. He said, sure. And uh, and then I think he called me back pretty quickly and said, hey, we're establishing a marketing position here at Arden. And somebody had waved the flag and, and represent the pr- production company. And so I, I, I came and uh, interviewed three times and uh, actually got the gig. And so I, I started that job January 12 of 1987, been there ever since. All right. Yeah. So you've been in the uh, the record business for a while. I have, and it was, uh, boy, there were some fun times, I'm telling you, because I'd get on a plane, go to New York in the morning, and on a Monday morning, and come back on a Friday afternoon, and, you know, you, you it was work, but it was work that I really enjoyed, because I'd, you know, hit four or five A&R people during the course of the day, and, you know, and so over four days, I'd see about 16, which... You know, given if they're in different locations, it's uh, you got to have to get around New York and get to your appointment on time. Then, you know, I'd go to Los Angeles, and I'd, I would do this same thing there, except it was a little more difficult. Things were so spread out. But um, it was a good time. I really enjoyed the A&R folks that I went to visit, and, and they were pretty receptive to uh, having a listen to uh, the bands that we were developing here. You know, Keith Sykes and John Hampton produced this guy named John Kilzer, and I pitched it to Geffen and, and Teresa Incinet and Tom Zutat signed Tom, and then there's Tora Tora and uh, Brian Huttenhauer signed into A and M. Um, God, there's a Eric Gales to Electra, Jolene, and well, the last one I pitched was Skillet, and that was to Atlantic. Andy Carp there, and Andy signed Skillet to Atlantic, and they did. They wound up on their third album that we shared with Atlantic. They wound up selling over a million. So, and I think they're still a they're still a big seller for Atlantic. They're a killer band. So. Yeah, it it was a really good time. That that kind of business model doesn't seem to work anymore. But yeah, that, I mean, that was it, a really good time. It must have been tough, like going to new places every week. Like that would have been fun, though. Yeah, no, well, not new places every week. Just New York, and and you know, once I uh, once I sort of established relationships with people, it you know, the big challenge was just scheduling appointments and getting the timing right, so I could get from one to the next and uh, and you know have a full sort of calendar for those days mm-hmm. but originally it was getting pe- trying to get people on the telephone so what was your favorite big star record to play on I don't really have a favorite I uh, of course when we started number one record that was my favorite and then we did Radio City and that was my favorite and then third that was that was a bit odd you know, I, 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 at the time, I thought, well, Alex is brilliant at, at relating his sort of state of mind and presence as any artist does. Well, maybe not all of them, but uh, Alex is always, Alex and Chris were always good at, at sharing emotions with people. And I think that's what connected and, and gave the music such a, a long lifespan. Yeah, I got to say that the songs put out by Big Star are just incredible, like especially like some stuff from number one record. It's It's just amazing. I've made it my personal goal um, to play 13 on guitar, and I'm, I'm finally getting there, so pretty happy about that. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, some great songs. That's awesome. And what songs would you recommend for entry-level Big Star listeners? Uh, 13 sounds good. A lot of people know uh, In the Street through that 70s show, but uh, they don't know Big Star through that 70s show. Uh, cause it, it, you know, big stars never mentioned and, and, uh, 
studio players played the initial theme song and then Cheap Trick. Then while Alex and Chris are credited uh, for songwriters, and they retitled the song to that 70s show song. All right. Well, who were some of your musical inspirations? Oh, you know, the Beatles uh, got me into music. There's, uh, well, there's a podcast called Something About the Beatles, and it, talk as you might about it, you never quite nail it. It's just something about the Beatles. There was an energy and excitement. And yeah, the Beatles are pretty incredible. <laughs> you know, and, and with each record, it was kind of a, a little bit of a fresh new sound, and mm-hmm. and they get to Revolver, and you know, then especially uh, Sgt. Pepper's. And I don't know, they're just, uh, they were lucky to have George Martin. George Martin uh, was definitely a fifth Beatle, and and in terms of adding instrumentation, you know, George's, George Martin's uh, string arrangements and interpretations of what the Beatles wanted uh, were, were pretty important to how anybody perceives the Beatles. It gave them that edge over other kind of rock and roll bands. Yeah, for sure. Sophistication there. Yeah, well, uh, you, you know, the, the new Beatles album, I haven't really... Well, not new, but the the remix by uh, Giles, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to a ton of it, but there's some pretty cool stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there was a really neat version of Yellow Submarine. Um, I wouldn't have guessed it because that song is, you know, it's like cheery and stuff. But the this version, it, it was actually really neat. I, I'd recommend. Yeah. <laughs> so what music do you like to listen to today? I had the Lemon Twigs, and not because I played on a track on one of their albums, but uh, and they actually joined us. We we played uh, number one record live in Glendale, California. You know, it's part of L.A. and at the Alex Theater. And uh, Brian and, and Michael D'Addario joined us on uh, Got Kind of Lost, and which is on a Chris Bell record, and then Life Is White that's on Radio City. Uh, but they're just two remarkably uh, gifted players, writers musicians uh and fun they just they have this great approach to it that's just fun i think that's the way it always should be really uh but that uh, wilco certainly um jayhawks luther russell my those pretty wrongs uh bandmate or duo mate i guess you know has a solo record out that uh is or is coming out actually and has several he's a really really talented fellow my morning jacket i like a lot yeah there's there's some cool music out there these days Yes, there really is. That's that's so true. <laughs> and you recently, well, not I guess recently, but you had a big star reunion, right? Well, that was in, ni- are you talking about 93? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Alex and I had been separated for about 16, 17 years, I think. <clears throat> and then uh, Mike Mulvihill and uh, Jeff Breeze were on the com- entertainment committee at, uh, I call it... Th- the University of Columbia, maybe it's a, a Missouri, I don't know, but it's in Columbia, Missouri, and uh, they called and asked if we'd play, if we'd get back together and play some big star songs, and they they managed to reach Alex, and Alex agreed, and so I agreed, and they were looking for two other folks to join in, because Andy you know, has, had a family and a full-time job, and pretty serious full-time job, and mm. so I, I uh, recommended John Aaron Ken Stringfellow, and they were just, they were a brilliant choice, because it's hard to match those guys vocally, you know, their harmonies and stuff, so yeah. that and they were fans. They, uh, they'd given me their covers of I Am The Cosmos and uh, Feel, and they were so darn close <laughs> To the originals, it just made sense to ask them. So you know, they were they were that was God. We played with them, you know, not 
that many dates, really, sometimes one or two dates in a year and sometimes five, six, or seven. But that went on until 90, until uh, 2010 when Alex passed away. Well, uh, Big Star certainly did have some great music, and I'm really glad um, it got to resurface um, in the 90s and early yeah. 2000s. Well, it's not that it resurfaced. It's It's been kind of bubbling up from obscurity all these years. Yeah, that that's interesting. In retrospect, do you wish Big Star, like, really got a huge breakthrough? you got to be careful about what you wish for. I mean, I've had this job at Ardent, and I haven't had to tour and and do all those things that uh, bands have to do to build an audience. uh, That's really, really hard work. Um, And it, you know, kind of disrupts lives and that sort of thing. I uh, So it all kind of worked out. You know, Andy uh, went back to school and got his uh, associate's degree in mechanical engineering, and then uh, he already had a degree in, I think, English lit. Um, but, yeah, he got he went to work, started a family, had an amazing life. Alex, of course, had went on to do solo records and uh, had a pretty remarkable life. He People started placing, well, there was that 70s show that picked up in the street, and so he's, these income streams started developing and, and different shows you 13 and like I guess more, the most recent that I know of is Stargirl the movie uh, with Grace Vanderwall if I'm getting her last name right um, you know they're 13 the original uh, from number one records played and then they do a cover so you know all that was kind of making money uh, for Alex and uh, you know that and the gigs he was doing so he had a pretty good life and you know and then I had Arden so it, we all it all seemed to work out and Chris you know, of course passed away in 1978 it all worked out yeah that's that's great. I'm really glad uh, everything worked out. And of course, I'm I'm really glad Big Star's music is still uh, out for people to listen to. It's really great. Um, to anybody listening, I would certainly recommend listening to Big Star. They're they're pretty great. <laughs> yeah. I well, thank you. I uh, and you know I can still get to play like we just did this past Saturday night. You know, number one record live and in, in uh, Glendale and like I said, which part of L.A. and at the Alex Theater, and Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals joined us, and the Lemon Twigs, and Pat Sansom from Wilco was part of the core band. Of course, John Auer from the Posies and Big Star was there, and Mike Mills has been a part of this little core group since 2010. Um, I just some, and you know, Brett Harris, Skylar Gudez, and Django Haskin, uh, Charles Cleaver on keyboards. But we get to do these dates, and now we're doing we're doing six dates starting in Athens, November 30. And we go to Athens, Memphis, uh, Jersey City, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and Chapel Hill. And so that'll just be five-piece band with Pat Sansone and Mike Mills and Chris Damey and John Howard and myself. Yeah, that'll be really nice. And I'm, I'm really happy for all the people that get to listen to your incredible music. Well, I, I, it's a joint <laughs> happiness, I'm telling you. It's, uh, that's what it makes it all worthwhile. Everybody has a good time. Yes. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, Jody. It was really interesting to hear all about Big Star, you getting to play with Big Star, you playing Big Star songs now. Like, it's great. I'm really glad I got to hear all about your musical journey. Well, thanks, Sam. I appreciate the interest. Take care. (laughs) Check out Those Pretty Wrongs. Uh, Our new single, uh, Paper Cup, uh, will be released November 11, which is uh, three days from now, and then a record will come out early next year it's called holiday camp all right i will listen there you go. <laughs> thank you thanks sam take care bye <laughs>